Welcome back to Dental Head Start. I'm David Keir and I'm back on the mic again. Our team's taking a little break and so I'm stepping in trying to get some content and keep you entertained and educated and interested in dentistry. And this time it's something that's new and recorded with someone you may already know. It's Dr. Graham Pearson. Graham was part of the podcast as a student, transitioned out just around the time of graduation about 18 months ago. And I'm excited. In this chat, we talk a bit about where he's gone, what he's doing, the pros and cons, and really we dive into implants and each of our separate implant journeys. Graham, he's someone who really knew he wanted to get deep into implants quickly. Myself, on the other hand, I had left it. I'm seven years out and I've only started to really get the hands-on experience this year. And our journeys are quite different. Graham doing modular courses that transitioned into a grad dip. Myself doing a lot of online education and then an overseas placement course to try and get some experience having not had a mentor in the practice I'm in. I find myself doing more guided surgery than Graham does and that's part of our influences. I've done a bit of my training through Mordent and using MGUIDE doing the overseas placement course and Graham doing some of his training with teams that suggest doing a lot more freehand. I got my freehand experience overseas where I had support and, and close oversight. It is important I mention that Mordent are a sponsor of Dental Head Start and they are someone who supports me in my clinical practice. And I genuinely think that has helped me. Their support, both from the reps, the team, the educators, and using MGUIDE has been great. That's why I struck that deal. If you want to find out more, go to dentalheadstart.com slash Mordent. We have a different experience in how we got to where we are now. We're in different places, that's for sure. Graham's well ahead of me, but also we have different goals in where we want to go with it. I hope you get something from this episode if you're interested in learning implants or you're on the journey yourself or just want to hear two persons' journeys into implantology. As a side note, are you looking for a job or is anyone you know looking for a job? Because I'm looking for a dentist to join our dental practice in 2024. We've got a diverse team. We're a fairly small team, but we are growing and I'm really excited to bring someone new on. So I hope to find someone who's a great communicator, someone excited and interested in dentistry and ready to become as good as they can be in a caring environment. So if you're interested, reach out on Facebook or connect with me and let's see where we can take that. But for now, I hope you enjoy this conversation with Dr. Graham Pearson and myself, Dr. David Keir, about our implant journeys. Welcome to the Dental Head Start podcast. This episode, we're going back in time and, it, well, myself, you haven't heard me for almost years, I guess, and Dr. Graham Pearson, welcome back to the podcast. How are you? Hey, Dave. I'm good. Good to be back. That's good. People remember, if you've been listening for a while, obviously, I'm the founder of the podcast and was recording for the first couple of years and then things transitioned. We had a, a great team at that time and Graham was part of that team. He was doing a lot of the editing, did a few recordings and then and transitioned out as well. Obviously, Erica took the reins and, you know, things have been amazing since. Graham, he graduated, got busy, you know, found his passion and perhaps it wasn't podcasting, but maybe implants. And that's something we want to talk a little bit about today. But Graham, obviously, a lot of people listening are early in their career. They're either students or graduates. Tell us a little bit about what you've been up to since you graduated dentistry in 2021. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. And I just want to echo with what you're saying. I think uh, Eric and the team are doing really, really well with Dental Head Start and providing all the awesome information and resources that they've been doing. So kudos to them. But it's good to be back. It's good to be back. Uh, so I've been working for, I guess, close to two years now. <laughs> I think the, the the biggest thing is, you know, I think for a lot of us, this is our first full-time job. <laughs> so 
I think just trying to navigate life and, you know, book appointments for anything <laughs> because the only times things are open is when you're working. So I think just navigating some of those things has been a challenge, I guess you could say. But yeah, things have been good. I've, I guess for myself in terms of uh, dentistry, I've been investing a lot of my time and money into implants and, and trying to learn the ins and outs of everything related to implants. So yeah, that's kind of where I'm at, I guess, in terms of yeah, dental related things. <laughs> so that was actually one of the genesis of this whole podcast. I was pestering Graham. I was asking him questions about implants, knowing that he had taken a, a big deep dive early on. And, and myself, I'm seven years out now. This is my seventh year. And I'm only, only really just getting my hands wet with implants this, well, mainly this year. And so that's the genesis of, of this podcast. I can really connect with the thing about first full-time job and you come out and then you're, you're so busy with actually doing work and you think like, I thought at the end of uni, things were meant to get easy. But then at the end of uni, things just got like real world life and that's, yeah. <laughs> that's what happens, right? <laughs> These are the things they don't tell you about. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. But that's life, I guess. You did move to a regional area. We live in a relatively similar area on the mid-north coast of New South Wales. What's that experience been like as a graduate? It's been really good and really positive. I think a lot of the, I guess you could say, trends and things that uh, people will tell you about going regional is related to, you know, more relaxed patients, more work, typically less dentists. So there's, you know, only X amount of dentists in the town that patients and, you know, the population can go to. So, you know, it, it allows you to do a variety of work and allows you to kind of venture into certain things. So it's been, yeah, overall quite fulfilling. And I've been blessed having a really good team and a boss that's been a great mentor to um, support me in, in everything I want to learn. So, yeah, I've been really thankful uh, about that. And yourself, David, I mean, you've, you know, started a journey of owning a practice in a regional town. <laughs> so tell us about that. Yeah, it's been wild. I, I guess um, uh, great intentions to get back on behind the mic a bit more and, and do some podcasting because I do love the interview side of things. I love the opportunity to talk with great people and I've just not found the time. So <laughs> uh, I wonder why. Said, um, yeah, exactly. Well, we did more than just the practice. We did buy practice in November last year. So we're coming up to 12 months, which has been, it's been an amazing journey and business ownership is something I really love, but it also comes with it so much added layers and work and responsibility and, and risk, I guess. And so there's a lot that goes into it. I can definitely understand now a lot about what owners tend to talk about and some of the differences in perception between owners and associates. You know, there are some disconnects, I guess, and, and now, you know, I definitely am aware now, having gone through my process. But add to that, uh, my wife and I, we had a daughter in March. So we've got a six-month-old daughter as well as a 11-month-old practice. <laughs> so um, it's clearly been a bit wild. Mm, yeah. It's been a good journey though. Um, you know, regional area, we're fortunate in the things that you mentioned where, you know, we're relatively busy and patients are... In general, in regional areas, patients are more willing to stick with you and, and no, don't really want to have to be referred for many reasons, cost being one. And also for many of us, our specialists are a while away. And where I am, specialists tend to be about an hour away. And so that's given, um, you know, that gives someone in that situation an opportunity to learn and push their boundaries, obviously ethically and safely, but push their boundaries with the patient understanding that and being okay with that. 
and again, that, you know, coming back to what we're going to talk more about is implants. That's allowed me to get that experience, even though I don't have a implant mentor within my practice. And that'll be one of the differences in our two journeys of an implants um, in that I know, you know, your employer is, is a friend of mine and he places a lot of implants. He's one of the people that I've surrounded myself with so that I can learn as much as possible. And so it's a very different journey when you don't have that person in-house like next to you if something, you know, something happening. And that's part of why I've chosen some of the aspects or things that I've done um, with implants. So, yeah, that, I guess let's get talking about that. Implants, you're only, you know, in your second year out, almost two full years of practicing, but you're, you're definitely trying to push down those barriers very early on. Why are the implants exciting? What's triggered your interest? It's a good question. When I was, I guess, shadowing dentists back in high school and, you know, the conversation of what are you going to do when you're older and you don't really know, so you end up just shadowing dentists or, sorry, shadowing dentists, trying to find what that is. So I ended up shadowing dentists because I thought that that would be a possible thing to become a dentist. And then after shadowing a couple different dentists, I found one that did surgery and he was doing some interesting bone grafting and all those sorts of things. And I was quite intrigued. And so, first of all, I didn't think that general dentists were allowed doing anything outside of fillings and crowns. So that was quite interesting. And then so from there, I, you know, we went to dental school and then I was shadowing, I guess, different dentists still within school, more towards implants and surgery, simply because I had a general interest towards it. And then so once I graduated, I had a general interest, a genuine interest, I guess you could say, and so I just kind of went, did a deep dive into um, taking as much education as I can around it. I knew implants and I don't want to say general surgery, because when you talk about surgery, it's a, it's a big field. But I guess implants specifically, I took a deep dive into that to try and, yeah, I guess know as much as I could. Because, you know, if you know you want to go down that path, it's like you want to learn it, but also not overburden yourself with information. Because... You know, as you get more experience, these more advanced courses will probably, you'll probably be able to gain more from them and uh, have more take-homes. But yeah, it's, um, I guess it was just built out of interest. And then once I started doing it myself, I was, I really liked it. So that was kind of how it all came together for myself. It's cool to be inspired early on by, you know, who you surround yourself early on. It makes a massive difference, doesn't it? We'll get to like course choices, but I think you raise a good point. I just want to reiterate, like you can easily just go way too deep with content. <laughs> and I think maybe I've done that to a certain extent with the academic side or like the, the theory side. And you don't pick up as much if you haven't really got those basics. And uh, I think something that helped me was just getting my hands wet, like doing a couple of simple cases really helped then learning like really understanding the content a lot better as well. Tell us about like in you said in uni you shadowed a few people with you know a, an aim to see more surgery or all that. Tell us about those experiences. Did you you went out and pursued these people and tried to make these connections? How did that work? Yeah, that's right. Number one, in school you see different academics and tutors and teachers who do certain things, certain procedures, and so that was one avenue and of just trying to find maybe a mentor or someone you can go shadow outside of university. And then another avenue is just Instagram. Some people who, you know, you can just obviously look at Instagram, see who's close by and seeing what they do. And I found some very generous people who are very generous with their time. 
Dean Lysenblatt, who's also been on the podcast, Cecilia So as well. I've spent some time with them watching them do surgery. And yeah, it's coming from the other side when you're doing surgery, you realize how generous they are with their time because they have 5,000 other things to think about (laughs) and you're just hanging out watching. So if you can find someone who is willing to spend their time to, I guess, kind of let you hang out and watch, I think that's really beneficial. Yeah, that's a big shout out to those people. And it also, like you said, it shows how skilled they are to be able to have that extra stimulus. Like, Because really in surgery or any complex procedure or long procedure, you want to reduce those external stimulus like interruptions or whatever. So there's people, yeah, it's a big shout out. They're really being very generous. I don't, I don't know if I had extra people watching me now, it's just too much stress. <laughs> I just want to be in a quiet room. Yeah, no, I, I definitely can echo that. And I mean, you know, you're six years out, seven years out now, David, like what's your, you know, if you're starting your journey now, what was your, I guess, push to, to start getting into implants? I think it was something that I knew I wanted to do the basics of, but I don't, well, my original thought process and what I would say is that I didn't want to go and do the most complex stuff. I just wanted to be able to facilitate that for my patients, charge a fair price, not make them travel an hour each way for appointments and just facilitate those simpler things. I must admit, the more I learn, the more interested I've become. I'm definitely not going to go, you know, do the most complex things, but I'm not going to shut the door on it because I think something I've found being this many years out and I, I know a listener base tends to be you know, more closer to a couple of years after graduation, but not everyone. And some out there would probably resonate with the fact that you get to a point and, you know, everyday dentistry is not as stimulating, right? Like, as in, it's still enjoyable to care for your patients and to get these outcomes, but the day in, day out, it's like, it's all, it's pretty straightforward. It's pretty, like, it becomes pretty easy. And so then adding something like, for me, the implants, a new frontier had brought a lot of excitement back to clinical dentistry at a time where, you know, I was excited and motivated by practice ownership. And if people have listened before and know who I am, they know or may know that I took quite a bit of time off. I took 10 months off last year. And so, and I've done that before in my life as well, where I've traveled and taken time away. And I've always come back with like quite intense motivation and interest. And so I guess that's what's fueling me now, that and that and a lot of caffeine. But yeah, so I knew like I wanted to start to break down that barrier and so also the practice I bought a practice existing practice with a a long-term patient base and an associate staying on very good at surgery but no implants and then yeah I I wanted to fill that void for the practice as well so that's a big motivator Mm, yeah and you almost think like you know you when you know these basic procedures you almost would think that you'd be overburdening the specialist with you know a simple you know uh upper premolar lower molar uh, implant kind of thing you know what I mean so it's really good to pick up these skills. Yeah. And I guess 100%. Yeah. And I guess as we, you know, just, I guess, following on with the flow of the conversation, what kind of CE and, and things have you been taking to get yourself more comfortable with, with doing these procedures? Because like you said, you don't have like an, a mentor in house. So how have you kind of upped yourself up to getting into the implant game? Yeah, it's a good question. I um so I've done over the years I've done theory based courses but never actually any hands on or or not place an implant. So I've done theory to feel like I had a, a handle, I guess, on the the basics, but then without the experience I think it's hard to truly understand something. And so 
that helped. But I also I was doing a course where you know the end of it was to place an implant um, under supervision with specialists in Australia. That's with Aria, and they were a sponsor of the podcast. They were great friends to us. And um, the problem is COVID. Frankly, it was based in Melbourne. I was in Sydney, or no, I was in I mid mean, North Coast, New South Wales. But there was um, you know a pretty hard barrier there for a while. And um, although I got to do a lot of the content via Zoom, I like there was just no way to facilitate the placement. And then, you know, certain things happened, took some time off and kind of let, let it go. Well, obviously, because I was traveling. So then when I got back, I was like, all right, well, what, how am I going to restart this? And I've since then done a range of things. So for me, someone who, or it's a, a company that's supported me quite a lot is, is Mordent. They, they are affiliated with the podcast, so it's important people know that affiliation, but they have supported me, hence the affiliation, both with their you know products like guides and things, but just the courses, the basic course, solidifying a lot of knowledge I, used, I kind of already had but didn't have in that format, I guess, and then doing some of the further courses with them, including a live overseas placement course, which got me experience, a clinical experience. It's simple freehand cases, but way beyond what I would have been able to do on my own without an in-house mentor. And so for me, that was a breakthrough and very helpful. I had done a, a few, I think six implants guided in Australia before the live placement, but that really helped me solidify a lot of what I knew. And so, but then add to that, and so my experience is a bit unique because I just explained at the start of the podcast, I've got no time, like I'm running a business, I've got a um, young baby and a five-year-old and, you know, a wife and family, friends, things, you know, to do. But I actually, the practice is an hour away and regionally that, that's a relatively long distance, but it's predictable, which is nice. If you're in a, a Sydney, it's probably normal for most people. But um, that hour was amazing because I could use that and almost forced to use that to listen to theory-based content. So I've been through a number of different theory-based courses. I'm currently finishing off the ITI curriculum. It's a fairly basic, but it's a good, thorough, uh, evidence-based course. And I've done some guide online things and, and uh, ripe online things, a, a whole bunch of online, like literally hundreds of hours. And that's been great because in I, I would never have found the time if I wasn't traveling and listening to it. So for me, that was helpful. Tell us a bit about, so that that's an overview of my journey. Um, and I'll go into more details as we go. But I wanted to ask you one more question related to the overseas. Are you okay if I just cut you off there? Yeah, man, absolutely. Let's do it. Cool. Just touching on the overseas course that you did, Dave, what would be uh, like a few of your take-homes from that? If someone's looking to do an overseas course, what do you think one of the couple of the take-homes would be from that that you'd be able to put into practice? I think the the one I, I did it was with Mordent is in Guatemala. So one take home is that it's a long way away. So be prepared to travel and add a holiday on. I had a three month old baby at the time, so I was like in and out shortest time possible, and that shortest time is still a very long time. <laughs> so uh, add an awesome holiday on the end. I'd travelled through Central America before, so it wasn't for the same reasons. But clinical take homes for me, um, there are actually a couple of them are pretty basic stuff. Raising flaps and suturing is critical to any implant procedure beyond the most basic. Obviously, something that, you know, you can do tissue punch style implants, but really there aren't that many cases where that's actually the best thing for the patient. And so raising a flap easily and cleanly, suturing it well is something that I really did get from that because we were getting such good repetition with that. Well, also for me, take-homes was, um, I think, guided. It is easy, and we'll talk a bit about guides in our 
you know, elementary opinions, I guess. I really do like guided surgery for me in my position at my time. But having that opportunity to do a lot of freehand work gave me such a better understanding of things like the bone density and what it feels like, angulation and how easy it is to make that not ideal or how to correct it on the flip side. And then, yeah, just getting the repetition. It was an amazing experience from that point of view. Sure, like I think any time you're going to go to a overseas placement course, there may be some slight differences in the opinions of maybe some of the tutors or specialists relative to other people or, or you know, frankly, some of the procedural things could have been a little bit different and maybe wouldn't be the same if they were done in Australia. But at the same time, the outcomes and the, the biology is the same, like the experience, the feel, it's all the same. And it was a huge, it was just very much a huge step forward for me in my position. Um, and I found that worked really well. I don't know, some people went who had a lot more experience and and for it, you'd have to pick and choose which course if that's you and what you're going to get out of it because, you know, the one I went to was perfect for me. It was, it was quite beginner. All healed ridges, all pretty straightforward really. But, yeah, I am very happy I did it. Tell us, so, like, and we'll, we'll switch back and forth a bit, but so your journey you knew you wanted to get into implants. You kind of picked that off the bat to learn as much as you could. How did you get from zero to one? Yeah, good question. Uh, I guess following on from university, like Dean Leisenblatt was a uh, had a big influence on me, and he was a he was a, a really great mentor. So I knew I wanted to take the Australasian Implant Academy uh, continuum. So that was the first course I took, which was the first one, and then following that. After that course is when I placed my first implant. Would you do it that way again? As in, uh, like, wait for a course to p- place an implant? <laughs> <laughs> well, I think you've got to do at least something. But um, I like that how, like, in, in, you know, it's good to use course skills immediately, right? Do you feel like, like, because I don't know much about that course, to be frank, do you feel like they gave you enough to be able to go and do that first step? 100%. Yeah, I think they did. And the way they structure their courses is quite, is very like structured. <laughs> it was for basic socket grafting and simple implant placement and complex socket grafting. So yeah, it definitely gave me the skills. Uh, I knew I was going to be coming back to work and tackling a healed ridge. It wasn't going to be a immediate central incisor. You know, uh, I guess these are the baby steps you have to take is when you do these courses, you obviously want to understand you know, what the skill set that you gain from them and, and what you can tackle going forward and what's, you know, within your ability to tackle. But I, I guess um, just circling back to the courses, yeah, I, I knew I wanted to take courses that were not a weekend warrior course, essentially. And I don't want to say there's anything wrong with those because they're a very good entryway into, you know, if you don't know anything about implants and you want to take a weekend course, well, you'll learn about implants from it. How much you'll learn is, you know, the other question that you have to ask yourself. So that was my intention, taking more of a modular course. I've taken AIA's first, second, and third course. So that's basic, advanced, and their full arch course, all theory. And I took there, I guess, to compare a little bit about the hands-on experience. So I had the hands-on experience with the AIA externship one, which is done in Australia at... um, their practices in Central Coast. I placed about four implants, all on uh, patients that they that they provide for you, which is really ideal for myself, anyways. My 
you know, my place of practice wasn't super close, but some other dentists brought their own patients. And um, it was really good. Uh, it was, you know, you had the planning, you, you had the theory course done with those educators. And then you go to the hands-on course and it's the same educators. You have the same style of treatment planning, the same philosophy of treatment planning, and you go and carry out some cases. And uh, it made it quite, I guess, seamless, I guess you could say in that sense, because you have the same mindset about things. And then when you go to do it, you know, you want to carry out what you have in your head. So I thought that was a really valuable experience. If you're on the hunt to upgrade your current pair of loops, or if you're a student looking to invest in your very first pair, let's talk about Admitech Loops by Byron Medical. Last year, just about everyone around me was showing off their brand new pair of refractive loops with a wireless butterfly light that had just hit the market. I had to get on board and I'm pleased to say I've not looked back, or should I say down, since. Lightweight, sturdy and stylish, Admitech's Ergo Loops are designed to optimize your posture, so you're not popping a disc trying to prep the distal of that 4.7. Level up your scales and cleans when you can actually see every tiny fleck of calculus fly off the tooth. With a tiny battery light that clips on magnetically and switches out seamlessly even mid-procedure, say goodbye to getting tangled in your wires and the painful indents on your nose bridge from having to support heavy loops. Biomedical are Australian-based and are quick and easy to get in touch with and address any issues you have. They'll even come out to your workplace for your initial consult and fitting session. So look no further, pardon the puns, and join the club. And if you mention Dental Head Start, they'll even throw in a special added bonus. I think um, you raise a good point, like how you have the continuity of educators through the theory and then the hands-on. Because like something I've noticed and didn't really realise until I started really diving deep this year is um, that implantology is a massive rabbit hole. Like more than I really could have imagined, to be honest. <laughs> um, maybe that's because I didn't know as much as I th thought before. But it's amazing how you can go so deep and then there are a lot of different opinions. There's a lot of evidence or those, or more accurately said, there's a lot of things that don't have strong evidence one way or the other, which creates multiple schools of thought. And I think that can be quite confusing for someone who's early on in their you know, understanding or trying to understand things when you have different opinions. So that, that, that's something that I've definitely noticed having listened to a lot of lectures across different platforms. Yeah, yeah. And I guess too, um, this is by no means a comprehensive chat about implants, more about our experiences. But one thing that uh, they preached at AIA was you should be doing your first 20 implants freehand. So that was one thing that was preached. And that's because once you start getting into guides, you know, what happens when it doesn't fit? What happens when, you know, this happens or that happens? So, you know, one thing that they preached that kind of stuck with me, and I think it's a good way to start your implant journey is freehand. It's a big kind of, I guess, not jump, but like step. So thinking about the differences in our experiences and who, you know, mentors around and things like that. So if you're like, like you said, sometimes it might not fit, but I guess if it doesn't fit in my hands before doing the overseas placement course, I just wouldn't have placed the implant and it would have cost me a bunch of money, but I would have, <laughs> if you know what I mean. So, but like, it's also, I guess, a word of not caution, but thing to consider is in, guided implant are amazing, but it's not foolproof. Like, and I think doing the, um, doing more freehand or learning the freehand experience 
is so helpful because it makes you realize what things, I guess, can go wrong from your angulation or from other reasons and how important that is. And obviously, you know, I was going to get on to asking you your opinion on guides. It's clearly obvious, but one of the things is about, you know, the bone feel and stuff like that. So, well, tell us, how many implants would you say you've placed, Graham? And then how many do you now do guided or not? Mm, yeah, I've placed, I actually um, document every implant that I've placed. So I've placed about 32 at this stage. I would say at this stage, probably half of them were guided or at least attempted guided. We have a 3D printer at work, so I had some hiccups with getting them to be printed properly and fitting properly. So there you go. There's a good <laughs> reason is to be able to play for, place freehand so you can get yourself out of trouble. But yeah, that's kind of been my experience. And not to completely take over the mic here, but I guess the other course I've been undertaking is the uh, Australasian College of Dental Practitioners, their oral implants, grad dip. And one other mode of thought is not necessarily a fully guided approach, but a semi-guided approach. So basically having a guide, putting you know your pilot hole through the, through the guide, take it off, the rest is freehand. So at least you have the starting point, you have a bit of depth that you can follow and you can assess from there. So I think that's a really good approach and it helps at least get that first drill hole there, which is usually the most important. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's a really good well, it sounds like a really good approach. I, I can't say I've actually done it just like that, but it makes perfect sense because then you can feel a bit more, the bone a bit more. And the hardest part is, well, the most critical part is that first pilot hole and getting everything in the right place and perhaps your depth as well. So that, that makes a lot of sense. Tell, um, tell us about the grad dip. I'd, I'd like to do one myself. I'm just trying to thread that needle through family time and practice time and all the other things that go into life. But I would love to. And tell us a bit about that experience. Yeah, it's it's been great with ACDP specifically. They have two separate weeks where you have kind of lectures and hands-on on models and pig jaws. And usually there's a few surgeries that are done kind of just in the room below in Chris Ho's practice. So they have everything on the TV up front and then a, a glass wall. So you can look in, but yeah, everyone watches on the TV because you can't really <laughs> look from the from the bleachers, so to speak. And then I guess the other components, there's a online modules, close to 40 online modules that you complete on topics from A to Z. There's, uh, I guess, the more the part of the work as to why it's a grad dip. You have uh, case assessments, so you have to, or case presentations, I should say. So you have to book four cases arranging in difficulty from simple to more complex that you have to present as well as a literature review that you have to do and present as well. So I don't think I'm missing anything. I'm not the most organized person, but I would say that, that <laughs> that's pretty much it. It sums it up. So and it's like, is it 18 months or two years? It's 18 months, this one. 18 months. And that's, I guess that's relatively standard. Um, and of, of course, there's lots of different ways you can do and learn implants and we're, we're just sharing our journeys and yeah, that's what Graham's done. Yeah, one of the questions I have around that is because it's been on my mind for quite a long time. It's Like I said, it's a big rabbit hole and the more you learn, the more you realize you need to know and the more you want to know. Would you, in hindsight, have stepped into the grad dip like, well, you're pretty early now, like second year out, but like ASAP, like if you were talking to someone, however much experience they've already got, would you say, Joe, just go and do a grad dip and 
just go straight into that or would you do the modular course or weekend course and then modular or how would you do it? Yeah, I think for the grad diploma, it would be ideal to have experience simply because they start the course assuming you have experience and at least have a bit of an idea of what's going on. You know, with the first residency, they're talking about immediate implants. And if you have, you know, you don't even know what a healing abutment or a cover screw is for an implant, you're probably going to feel like you're lagging behind a little bit. So it would be good to have some previous experience in terms of a grad diploma. AIA, which is a modular course, is catered to you having, you know, they have their different levels. So if you don't have any idea of what's going on, you don't you haven't done a weekend course, they're first course, their basic course is um, very good for giving you that information of, yeah, so that was, it would be good to have some experience. Yeah, it sounds like quite good steps in, in your progression so far. I mean, if there was a graduate or, you know, like a student who's about to graduate, I can imagine following your footsteps gives you a pretty good foundation very early on. I've heard the similar thing with the grad dips. If you, the more experience you have, the more you get out of the grad dip. And I guess that actually kind of goes with any course, frankly. You know, the more you know about a topic, the more you'll pick up the the small details that are actually the real gold. And, you know, it's going to a course twice is sometimes not a bad thing. Well, so you've, you've come this far, you're doing obviously, you know, you've done the full arch course with the modular course and now doing the grad dip. Obviously, you're wanting to go quite far. What, what's your vision with where you want to take your surgery? Mm, yeah, that's a good question. You know, the, you, oft, yeah, you have to often ask yourself how, how high or how low the ceiling is for you and, and what you want to do with what you learn. For me personally, I want to be able to do just general soft tissue. Like my main goals were soft tissue grafting and learning uh, the ins and outs of uh, full arch implant therapy. Now, when you talk full arch implant therapy, you know, there's obviously all on four, but then, you know, you can start learning these remote anchorage uh, techniques, which are pterygoid implants and zygomatic implants. Those things are very full on and definitely more in the realms of, you know, oral surgeons or maxillofacial surgeons. So am I in any rush to get there? No, but I want to keep my mind open with these kind of these, I guess, the topics, but I think definitely like all, classic all on four full arch is my next step of where I'd, I'd like to go anyways. How about yourself, Dave? Where do you see yourself? I love general dentistry and therefore I want to keep that general aspect to what I do, which frankly means not restricting, I guess, practice down to just certain bits. And I feel that if I was to get like, I'd have to restrict other things to be able to do that, I guess. But I want to be able to do like the the simpler 50 to 60%. That's kind of my vision. It's not it's not to be able to do the most complex things. Maybe the simplest full arch when I'm, you know, bored again in five years and want to learn something really, you know, push. And restorative-wise, like I, I love pros and aesthetics and full mouth restorative and getting a patient back to like from a overarching perspective is what I like the most at the moment. So that's kind of where I'd prefer to focus on. And yeah, maybe not go as many steps as you're going, but I guess what you said was, you know, see, <laughs> let's um, listen to this again in five years and see if we're right about what we think because <laughs> things can change. I might stop doing implants. I might decide it's <laughs> not for me. So maybe by that time, the, your, your CEREC will be um, milling, out, <laughs> milling out full arches. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, we'll see about that. It has to do a few tricks to pay itself off. So, 
<laughs> we'll see. You know, we learn all these things in courses, but one of the, I think, biggest takeaways from being in courses is the people you meet. These are the people you end up, you know, bouncing ideas off of and who you end up doing most of the learning with and you end up connecting with and maybe find similar paths. Like myself with one of the, in the ACDP course, there's someone else who's the same, you know, amount of time out as me, he's the same age as me. And he's been someone who's been pushing me, you know, to learn and to do better. And I think it's some of that that you find in courses is the, is the people that you end up connecting with and kind of push you and you grow together. So I think that's, you know, a really beneficial part of doing these courses. It's not just what you learn from the course, but also the people you meet. Yeah, that is so true. There's that old saying, you know, the five people you surround yourself with is who you become and you're going to find people with a similar mindset if you're you're doing more of those, especially those more in-depth courses or the grad dip as well. I think from a mentoring and like support point of view, uh, what I have found is I have a really, oh, I'm really grateful to have this small group of people who are way ahead of me with their implant understanding and experience and therefore they can answer my little questions and help me with planning of this case or just the basics, sometimes basic stuff, but just being able to ask it in a point blank manner based on the case that I'm, I'm looking at. And that's something that I think is, is completely invaluable. So finding people that you can go down the journey with or finding people that you know, are two or three steps ahead is something that you can't go without. If you were, if you were talking to someone and they were, you know, had done nothing but wanted to start, is there any little bits of advice you might give them other than what we've already talked about? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I guess what I would say to someone starting out is, I guess, specifically related to implants, it's not going to be perfect at the start. Your first implant isn't going to be perfect. Your first flappy raise isn't going to be perfect. The first immediate you do, the tooth might crumble and you have to raise a flap. Um, nothing's going to be perfect. A lot of the things you see on Instagram are posted because they're perfect. Sometimes you have to make compromises during surgery, and that's just, I guess, part of the game. But yeah, be open-minded and know that you don't have to practice like this clinician or you don't have to practice like that clinician. You yourself are developing your skills and will create your own, I guess, mojo, you can say, and go with what feels right for you. And yeah, best place to start is, you know, I personally think a modular course would be a good place to start. But if you're still unsure about if you even want to get into implants, a weekend course is a good starting point as well with a specific implant company that maybe you have a kit for at the practice. Yeah, it opens the door, even if the door is just starting with a restorative as well. You you touch on a really good point, like run your own race. Don't feel like you have to be able to do what all the Instagram people do, but that's the same for anything in dentistry. It's easy to think like that's how dentistry is, but dentistry is actually really like in the trenches. It's sometimes having to make a compromise to get the best outcome that is possible for that patient. And that's what the person you're looking at doesn't post on (laughs) Instagram. I also think something I would say to myself if I was a couple of years earlier is try to get my hands wet a bit earlier. So get the basics of education and then take the first step and then the you know the next level of education then the next step as opposed to you know waiting a while there's a little bit to do with you know my environment at the time you know it wasn't really an option so that was a limitation I I guess I regret in some ways and definitely something I would change or suggest changing but um 
That said, now that I've opened the door, it's exciting to take those next steps and it's been a, a great journey. So it's been good. And this podcast, I, I know it's a bit of a wandering conversation between two old podcast hands who had to break out the mics from the dusty cupboard, but um, I definitely want to say um, it's been fun and thank you, Graham, for, for coming back on and, and having this conversation and um, you know continuing to stay in touch and, and be a part of both Dental Head Startup, but also me and my journey with implants and a friend of mine. So I want to say thank you. Yeah. No, thanks, Dave. I appreciate that. It's been a lot of fun. What's ahead for you, my man? <laughs> Surviving another six months with my six-month-old baby and a practice. But no, we're, what's ahead actually is definitely implants are a focus, business is a focus. Business has been wonderful and I, the whole one of the big reasons for me and, and the business is um, I do want to help dental students become great dentists. That In my mind, that has always been the foundation of something I want, I'm, I'm passionate about and I look forward to soon hiring. We are actually about to start hiring for our first position and, and that's something that I really want to facilitate over the next years as we grow, help some clinicians grow with us as well. So I'm excited by that and, you know, we'll watch this space. But if people out there are it's something that's they're interested in, definitely reach out. Yeah, that's what's exciting for me. I've got a lot of balls in the air at the moment. And yourself? That's exciting. That sounds like a really good opportunity. Myself, yeah, just riding at the end of the year and trying to, <laughs> to find a vet appointment for my cats. <laughs> <laughs> Life admin. <laughs> On that Life note. admin, that's right. Well, thanks again, Graham. It's been a great chat. Thanks, Dave. Thank you so much for listening to the Dental Head Start podcast. I genuinely hope this is helping you become a better dentist. So if you like what you're hearing, make sure you subscribe on your podcast player and I want you to do me a favor. I want you to go to social media and share something that you've appreciated from us with one of your friends. That's how the word gets out. That's how more people gain and benefit from what we're doing. And if you're a dental student or a graduate and you want to get a head start, go to dentalheadstart.com to find everything we're doing to help dental students become great dentists.